section six of satires this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by martin geeson satires by juvenal translated by g g ramsay satire six the ways of women part one in the days of saturn i believe chastity still lingered on the earth and was to be seen for a time days when men were poorly housed in chilly caves when one common shelter enclosed hearth and household gods herds and their owners when the hill-bred wife spread her sylvan bed with leaves and straw and the skins of her neighbours the wild beasts a wife not like to thee o cynthia nor to thee lesbia whose bright eyes were clouded by a sparrow's death but one whose breasts gave suck to lusty babes often more unkempt herself than her acorn-belching spouse for in those days when the world was young and the skies were new men born of the riven oak or formed of dust lived differently from now and had no parents of their own under jove perchance some few traces of ancient modesty may have survived but that was before he had grown his beard before the greeks had learned to swear by someone else's head when men feared not thieves for their cabbages or apples and lived with unwalled gardens after that astraea withdrew by degrees to heaven with chastity as her comrade the two sisters taking flight together oh, to set your neighbour's bed a-shaking posthumous and to flout the genius of the sacred couch is now an ancient and long-established practice all other sins came later the products of the age of iron but it was the silver age that saw the first adulterers nevertheless in these days of ours you are preparing for a covenant a marriage contract and a betrothal you are by now getting your hair cut by a master barber you have also perhaps given her a pledge to her finger what posthumous are you you who once had your wits taking to yourself a wife tell me what tisiphone what snakes are driving you mad can you submit to a she-tyrant when there is so much rope to be had so many dizzy heights of windows standing open and when the aemilian bridge offers itself to hand or if none of all these modes of exit hit your fancy 
how much better to take some boy bedfellow who would never wrangle with you o nights never ask presents of you when in bed and never complain that you took your ease and were indifferent to his solicitations <sighs> ha, but ursidius approves of the julian law he purposes to bring up a dear little heir though he will thereby have to do without the fine turtles the bearded mullets and all the legacy-hunting delicacies of the meat market what can you think impossible if orsidius takes to himself a wife if he who has long been the most notorious of gallants who has so often found safety in the corn-bin of the luckless latinus puts his head into the connubial noose and what think you of his searching for a wife of the good old virtuous sort oh doctors lance his over-blooded veins oh, a pretty fellow you why if you have the good luck to find a modest spouse you should prostrate yourself before the tarpeian threshold and sacrifice a heifer with gilded horns to juno so few are the wives worthy to handle the fillets of ceres oh, from whose kisses their own father would not shrink weave a garland for thy doorposts and set up wreaths of ivy over thy lintel but will iberina be satisfied with one man sooner compel her to be satisfied with one eye you tell me of the high repute of some maiden who lives on her paternal farm well let her live at gabii at fidenae as she lived in her own country and i will believe in your paternal farm but will any one tell me that nothing ever took place on a mountain-side or in a cave have jupiter and mars become so senile <clears throat> can our arcades show you one woman worthy of your vows do all the tears in all our theatres hold one whom you may love without misgiving and pick out thence when the soft basilus dances the part of the gesticulating leader tokia cannot contain herself your apulian maiden heaves a sudden and longing cry of ecstasy as though she were in a man's arms the rustic timili is all attention it is then that she learns her lesson others again when all the stage draperies have been put away when the theatres are closed and all is silent save in the courts and the megalesian games are far off from the plebeian ease their dullness by taking to the mask the thyrsus and the tights of Accius urbicus in an atellan interlude raises a laugh by the gestures of autonoe 
the penniless ailia is in love with him other women pay great prices for the favours of a comedian some will not allow chrysogonus to sing hispulla has a fancy for tragedians but do you suppose that any one will be found to love quintilian if you marry a wife it will be that the lyrist echion or glaphyrus or the flute-player ambrosius may become a father then up with a long dais in the narrow street adorn your doors and doorpost with wreaths of laurel that your high-born son o lentulus may exhibit in his tortoise-shell cradle the lineaments of euryalus or of a murmillo when epia the senator's wife ran off with a gladiator to pharos and the nile and the ill-famed city of lagos canopus itself cried shame upon the monstrous morals of our town forgetful of home of husband and of sister without thought of her country she shamelessly abandoned her weeping children and more marvellous still deserted paris and the games though born in wealth there was a babe she had slept in a bedizened cradle on the paternal down she made light of the sea just as she had long made light of her good name a loss but little accounted of among our soft litter-riding dames and so with stout heart she endured the tossing and the roaring of the tyrrhenian and ionian seas and all the many seas she had to cross for when danger comes in a right and honourable way a woman's heart grows chill with fear she cannot stand upon her trembling feet but if she be doing a bold bad thing her courage fails not for a husband to order his wife on board ship is cruelty the bilge-water then sickens her the heavens go round and round but if she is running away with a lover she feels no qualms then she vomits over her husband now she messes with the sailors she roams about the deck and delights in hauling at the hard ropes and what were the youthful charms which captivated epia what did she see in him to allow herself to be called a she-gladiator her dear sergius had already begun to shave a wounded arm gave promise of a discharge and there were sundry deformities in his face a scar caused by the helmet a huge wen upon his nose a nasty humour always trickling from his eye but then he was a gladiator it is this that transforms these fellows into hyacinths it was this that she preferred to children and to country to sister and to husband 
what these women love is the sword had this same sergius received his discharge he would have been no better than a veiento do the concerns of a private household and the doings of epia affect you then look at those who rival the gods and hear what claudius endured as soon as his wife perceived that her husband was asleep this august harlot was shameless enough to prefer a common mat to the imperial couch assuming a night cowl and attended by a single maid she issued forth then having concealed her raven locks under a light-coloured peruke she took her place in a brothel reeking with long-used coverlets entering an empty cell reserved for herself she there took her stand under the feigned name of lykiska her nipples bare and gilded and exposed to view the womb that bore thee o nobly-born britannicus here she graciously received all comers asking from each his fee and when at length the keeper dismissed the rest she remained to the very last before closing her cell and with passion still raging hot within her went sorrowfully away then exhausted but unsatisfied with soiled cheeks and begrimed with the smoke of lamps she took back to the imperial pillow all the odours of the stews why tell of love potions and incantations of poisons brewed and administered to stepsons or of the grosser crimes to which women are driven by the imperious power of sex their sins of lust are the least of all their sins but tell me why is Kensenia, on her husband's testimony the best of wives she brought him a million sesterces that is the price at which he calls her chaste he has not pined under the darts of venus he was never burnt by her torch it was the dowry that lighted his fires the dowry that shot those arrows that dowry bought liberty for her she may make what signals and write what love-letters she pleases before her husband's face the rich woman who marries a money-loving husband is as good as unmarried why does sartorius burn with love for bibula <clears throat> if you shake out the truth it is the face that he loves not the woman let three wrinkles make their appearance let her skin become dry and flabby let her teeth turn black and her eyes lose their lustre then will his freedman give her the order pack up your traps and be off you've become a nuisance you are forever blowing your nose be off and quick about it 
there's another wife coming who will not sniffle but till that day comes the lady rules the roast asking her husband for shepherds and canusian sheep and elms for her felernian vines oh, but that's a mere nothing she asks for all his slave boys in town and country everything that her neighbour possesses and that she does not possess must be bought then in the winter time when the merchant jason is shut out from view and his armed sailors are blocked out by the white booths she will carry off huge crystal vases vases bigger still of agate and finally a diamond of great renown made precious by the finger of berenice it was given as a present long ago by the barbarian agrippa to his incestuous sister in that country where kings celebrate festal sabbaths with bare feet and where a long-established clemency suffers pigs to attain old age do you say no worthy wife is to be found among all these crowds well let her be handsome charming rich and fertile let her have ancient ancestors ranged about her halls let her be more chaste than the dishevelled sabine maidens who stopped the war a prodigy as rare upon the earth as a black swan yet who could endure a wife that possessed all perfections i would rather have a venusian wench for my wife than you o cornelia mother of the gracchi if with all your virtues you bring me a haughty brow and reckon up triumphs as part of your marriage portion away with your hannibal i beseech you away with syphax overpowered in his camp take yourself off carthage and all be merciful i pray o apollo and thou o cordes lay down thine arrows these babes have done naught shoot down their mother thus prayed amphion but apollo bends his bow and niobe led forth to the grave her troop of sons and their father to boot because she deemed herself of nobler race than latona and more prolific than the white sow of alba for is any dignity in a wife any beauty worth the cost if she is for ever reckoning up her merits against you these high and transcendent qualities lose all their charm when spoilt by a pride that savours more of aloes than of honey and who was ever so enamoured as not to shrink from the woman whom he praises to the skies and to hate her for seven hours out of every twelve some small faults are intolerable to husbands what can be more offensive than this 
that no woman believes in her own beauty unless she has converted herself from a tuscan into a greekling or from a maid of sulmo into a maid of athens they talk nothing but greek though it is a greater shame for our people to be ignorant of latin their fears and their wrath their joys and their troubles all the secrets of their souls are poured forth in greek their very loves are carried on in greek fashion all this might be pardoned in a girl but will you who are hard on your eighty-sixth year still talk in greek Pugh, that tongue is not decent in an old woman's mouth when you come out with the wanton words you are using in public the language of the bedchamber caressing and naughty words like these incite to love but though you say them more tenderly than a hymus or a carpophorus they will cause no fluttering of the heart your years are counted up upon your face if you are not to love the woman betrothed and united to you in due form what reason have you for marrying why waste the supper and the wedding cakes to be given to the well-filled guests when the company is slipping away to say nothing of the first night's gift of a salver rich with glittering gold inscribed with dacian or germanic victories if you are honestly uxorious and devoted to one woman then bow your head and submit your neck to the yoke never will you find a woman who spares the man who loves her for though she be herself a flame she delights to torment and plunder him so the better the man the more desirable he be as a husband the less good will he get out of his wife no present will you ever make if your wife forbids nothing will you ever sell if she objects nothing will you buy without her consent she will arrange your friendships for you she will turn your now aged friend from the door which saw the beginnings of his beard panders and trainers can make their wills as they please as also can the gentlemen of the arena but you will have to write down among your heirs more than one rival of your own crucify that slave says the wife but what crime worthy of death has he committed asks the husband where are the witnesses who informed against him give him a hearing at least no delay can be too long when a man's life is at stake what you numbskull you call a slave a man do you he has done no wrong you say be it so but this is my will and my command let my will be the voucher for the deed thus does she lord it over her husband 
but before long she vacates her kingdom she flits from one home to another wearing out her bridal veil then back she flies again and returns to her own imprints in the bed that she has abandoned leaving behind her the newly decorated door the festal hangings on the walls and the garlands still green over the threshold thus does the tale of her husbands grow there will be eight of them in the course of five autumns a fact worthy of commemoration on her tomb <laughs> give up all hope of peace so long as your mother-in-law is alive it is she that teaches her daughter to revel in stripping and despoiling her husband it is she that teaches her to reply to a seducer's love-letters in no plain and honest fashion she eludes or bribes your guards it is she that calls in archigenes when your daughter has nothing the matter with her and tosses off the heavy blankets the lover meanwhile is in secret and silent hiding trembling with impatience and expectation do you really expect the mother to teach her daughter honest ways ways different from her own nay the vile old woman finds a profit in bringing up her daughter to be vile there never was a case in court in which the quarrel was not started by a woman if manilia is not a defendant she'll be the plaintiff she will herself frame and adjust the pleadings she will be ready to instruct celsus himself how to open his case and how to urge his points oh why need i tell of the purple wraps and the wrestling oils used by women who has not seen one of them smiting a stump piercing it through and through with a foil lunging at it with a shield and going through all the proper motions a matron truly qualified to blow a trumpet at the floralia unless indeed she is nursing some further ambition in her bosom and is practising for the real arena what modesty can you expect in a woman who wears a helmet abjures her own sex and delights in feats of strength yet she would not choose to be a man knowing the superior joys of womanhood what a fine thing for a husband at an auction of his wife's effects to see her belt and armlets and plumes put up for sale with a gaiter that covers half the left leg or if she fight another sort of battle how charmed you will be to see your young wife disposing of her greaves yet these are the women who find the thinnest of thin robes too hot for them whose delicate flesh is chafed by the finest of silk tissue see how she pants as she goes through her prescribed exercises how she bends under the weight of her helmet 
how big and coarse are the bandages which enclose her haunches and then laugh when she lays down her arms and shows herself to be a woman tell us ye granddaughters of lepidus or of the blind metellus or of fabius gurges what gladiator's wife ever assumed accoutrements like these when did the wife of asylus ever gasp against a stump the bed that holds a wife is never free from wrangling and mutual bickerings no sleep is to be got there it is there that she sets upon her husband more savage than a tigress that has lost her cubs conscious of her own secret slips she affects a grievance abusing his slaves or weeping over some imagined mistress she has an abundant supply of tears always ready in their place awaiting her command in which fashion they should flow you poor dolt are delighted believing them to be tears of love and kiss them away but what notes what love-letters you would find if you opened the desk of your green-eyed adulterous wife if you find her in the arms of a slave or of a knight speak speak quintilian give me one of your colours she will say but quintilian has none to give find it yourself says he we agreed long ago said the lady that you were to go your way and i mine you may confound sea and sky with your bellowing i am a human being after all there's no effrontery like that of a woman caught in the act her very guilt inspires her with wrath and insolence but whence come these monstrosities you ask from what fountain do they flow in days of old the wives of latium were kept chaste by their humble fortunes it was toil and brief slumbers that kept vice from polluting their modest homes hands chafed and hardened by tuscan fleeces hannibal nearing the city and husbands standing to arms at the colline gate we are now suffering the calamities of long peace luxury more deadly than any foe has laid her hand upon us and avenges a conquered world since the day when roman poverty perished no deed of crime or lust has been wanting to us from that moment sybaris and rhodes and miletus have poured in upon our hills with the begarlanded and drunken and unabashed tarentum filthy lucre first brought in amongst us foreign ways wealth enervated and corrupted the ages with foul indulgences what decency does venus observe when she is drunken when she knows not one member from another eats giant oysters at midnight 
pours foaming unguents into her unmixed falernian and drinks out of perfume bowls while the roof spins dizzily round the table dances and every light shows double go to now and wonder what means the sneer with which tullia sniffs the air or what maura whispers to her ill-famed foster-sister when she passes by the ancient altar of chastity it is there that they set down their litters at night and befoul the image of the goddess playing their filthy pranks for the morn to witness thence home they go while you when daylight comes and you are on your way to salute your mighty friends will tread upon the traces of your wife's abominations <laughs> well known to all are the mysteries of the good goddess when the flute stirs the loins and the maenads of priapus sweep along frenzied alike by the horn blowing and the wine whirling their locks and howling what foul longings burn within their breasts what cries they utter as the passion palpitates within how drenched their limbs in torrents of old wine Salfea challenges the slave-girls to a contest her agility wins the prize but she has herself in turn to bow the knee to medulina and so the palm remains with the mistress whose exploits match her birth there is no pretence in the game all is enacted to the life in a manner that would warm the cold blood of a priam or a nestor and now impatient nature can wait no longer woman shows herself as she is and the cry comes from every corner of the den let in the men if one favoured youth is asleep another is bidden to put on his cowl and hurry along if better cannot be caught a run is made upon the slaves if they too fail the water carrier will be paid to come in oh would that our ancient practices or at least our public rights were not polluted by scenes like these but every moor and every indian knows how clodius forced his way into a place from which every buck mouse scuttles away conscious of his virility and in which no picture of the male form may be exhibited except behind a veil whoever sneered at the gods in days of old who would have dared to laugh at the earthenware bowls or black pots of numa or the brittle plates made out of vatican clay but nowadays at what altar will you not find a clodius i hear all this time the advice of my old friends keep your women at home and put them under lock and key 
yes but who will watch the warders wives are crafty and will begin with them high or low their passions are all the same she who wears out the black cobblestones with her bare feet is no better than she who rides upon the necks of eight stalwart syrians end of section six part one